0: Runners podcast. We're not going to waste any time. Let's get right into our interview with Renee Merchant, two-time Olympic Trials Qualifier. All right guys we're here with Renee Merchant. Hello. Hi. Welcome to my humble abode.
1: Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah
0: we're gonna try to rock and roll through your entire running story because I think people are really interested in hearing it because you are a very accomplished runner. I know you're, you're kind of like, I hate to say this in front of you, but I already kind of did. You're kind of like a local celebrity and I think people want to hear your backstory. So let's tell that. Okay. I want to start all the way at the beginning, the earliest memories that you have of being interested in running. Like, okay. where you're from, maybe, what running you did there, things sure. of that nature. All right.
1: All right. So, I'm originally from Kentucky. It's a really small little town. And I grew up on a farm. And in so, on the, on the farm, there were three of us that lived on the... It was a private road. Mm-hmm. So, it was my aunt and uncle, us, and then another uncle. And... It was just the three of us on this private road. And I would ask my mom, um, how far is it to the end of the road? And she'd be like, I don't know, just just go outside and play. And back then, you could just play all day. And I would just run from one end and come back home, run to the other, come back home, maybe get on my bike, ride it back and forth like crazy. Um, But I was, my little brother was a lot younger than me about nine years so I played by myself mm-hmm. and uh, I'm an introvert so I liked playing by myself <laughs> um, so I would just run and play and yeah so that's how it all got started and um, in the first grade I realized I was fast yeah. you know how they have those um, those days at the end of the year where you just get to like do different sports mm-hmm. and I found that I was really good at like racing down to one end and coming back and I would beat the boys. Nice. So that was fun and then, I mean, I just kept running, you know, on my own. Mm -hmm. And then I ran in junior high and in high school and that's when I really learned that I might actually be pretty good at this thing called running.
0: Awesome. So you kind of have like a cross-country background or is it cross-country and track? and I did
1: cross-country and track. Okay.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. And did you, um, what brought you from Kentucky to this area?
1: Um, So I followed a sailor here from Kentucky and um, when we were no longer together, I decided to stay here.
0: Yeah. This is a place where lots of people just decide to settle down. It's a good area.
1: My husband has a really funny joke that, so he's from here, and he says that they like to import their women, so that's, that's how I, I got here.
0: That's funny. Now, uh, did you do, um, so after high school, what was running like for you?
1: Um, I did run for college for a little while before I came here. Okay. Okay. And then um, I would say that running really took off for me again around 2004 mm-hmm. when I was here. Okay. Um, I did the local turkey trot at mm-hmm. 10K, the YMCA. Mm-hmm. Have you done that one?
0: I haven't done that one yet. I thought about signing up for it this year, but then we spent Thanksgiving out of town. Okay. So I will do it one day.
1: Wonderful. It's a great race.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I did that race and... Someone named Billy Edwards came up to me. Billy Edwards is the son of Dan Edwards for the Tidewater Striders. Okay. And he came up to me and was like, hey, you're pretty fast. You should come run with us at Final Kick. Um, Have you heard of Final Kick? I
0: haven't heard of Final Kick at all.
1: Oh my goodness. um, So Final Kick was a really popular running store, Mm -hmm. um, triathlon store back in the day. Okay. It was actually owned by Jerry and Amy Frostick. Yeah, on this is a,
0: history that I don't know.
1: On West Great Neck. All right. So um, I met Billy there the first time, and he introduced me to Jerry Frostic, And um, I started running with them at Final Kick, and uh, I was having a great time. And um, this would have been in 2004, probably fall. And Jerry sat me down on these two little chairs. He had these two chairs that faced each other and he mm-hmm. was he said, I think that you would be a really good marathon runner. And I was like, No, I don't think so. That's that's pretty far. Mm-hmm. The furthest I've ever gone is a half marathon. And he was like, No, I think you would be really good at it and I would like to coach you okay. and help you through that if if you would let me. And I really, really admired Jerry, and if he says I can do it, then, then I can do it. So, yeah. he coached me to my first uh, marathon, which would have been Shamrock 2005.
0: Okay. How was that first marathon experience for you?
1: It was pretty painful. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: um, I did end up running a 307 okay. for my first marathon. Um, I know around mile five, my socks started to slide down, and I finished that race with bloody like heels oh, no. and um and it was painful, but it was exhilarating at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I finished second overall, so i I think I felt really good about that. Mm-hmm. I felt really good about my time, um so it was a really positive experience. I couldn't wait to do it again
0: yeah, and uh eventually just the ne- was it the next year that mm-hmm. you you experienced the top of the podium, Yes. what was that like?
1: Yes, so a year later I came back. I had another marathon already under my belt. I ran the Richmond Marathon in in November of 2005. And so I came back from March 2006, and Jerry coached me with that one again. Mm -hmm. And I had a great group of running people uh, out of final kick to run with, and um, of course, having Jerry to coach me. And I remember he told me to just have fun, Mm -hmm. just have fun. And it was so much fun because I I really got to run with my friends. Mm -hmm. And um, it was one of the best moments, probably still of my life when I Realized not only was I going to win the Shamrock Marathon in front of all of my friends. Yeah. Um, but even then, when I crossed the finish line, I had no idea that I had qualified for the Olympic trials. Mm. That wasn't even something I'd ever thought of before. So for me, it was just crossing the finish line. Jerry was there. My friends were there. And it was just exciting. And then he was like, you qualified for the Olympic trials. And I was like, all right then.
0: Okay, so... I'm really glad that, that I don't know any of this history, because I thought that maybe qualifying for the Olympic trials was something that you plotted to do, that you had planned to do and trained to do, but it was just a surprise to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I had no, no idea what time I was, you needed to run to go to the Olympic trials. I had no idea what time I was going to run when I laced up my shoes that day and started that race. Um, I had ran a three oh seven for my first one, I ran a two fifty two for my second one, so I was hoping to do better than that, and then my third one was a two forty five.
0: That's so incredible. It was That's an incredible,
1: incredible day.
0: Yeah. So when Jerry told you, you know, you qualified for the Olympic trials, what 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 was your reaction?
1: Just joy.
0: Yeah? Yeah, I mean Did you know for certain that you were gonna go out to those?
1: I didn't. I don't think I even had a concept of that. I yeah. mean, of course, why wouldn't I go? Yeah. So if I, so my first thought was, yeah, I'm gonna go. Of course. Yeah,
0: it's it's really interesting because I feel like most runners, the goal for a marathon, I mean, the ultimate goal for most runners, mm-hmm. um, is a Boston qualifier. Yes. And you you kind of just like like accidentally, like went straight to the freaking Olympics. Yeah,
1: no one ever said that before, but yeah, it was an accident. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, I was talking... When me and Drew were talking just the other day Mm -hmm. and uh, talking just about how you you had been to the trials, he he pointed this out and I looked it up and it's true that um, to get to the Olympic trials, the qualifying time is an hour faster than the Boston qualifying time. Like, it's a whole almost a whole hour jump. So it's just, that's incredible. Like I'm, I'm very impressed by that. So what was your experience like at the first trials?
1: So the first Olympic trials would have been, it was the day before the Boston Marathon. Mm -hmm. It would have been 2008, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, again, I was there with my friends people who were going to run the Boston Marathon the next day. Mm-hmm. I was there seeing my idols, Dana, Dana Castor, who is one of my idols for running. She's an amazing runner. Um, and, of course, being surrounded by all these other amazing runners, running in a beautiful city that I'd never been in before. Um, I mean, I was overwhelmed. I was full of joy and happy happiness. Um, so it was amazing, it was just so, an amazing experience.
0: Were the trials that year in Boston?
1: Yes, they were the so, day before the Boston Marathon. So
0: you basically got to kind of run Boston.
1: I got to run the finish line four times. Because oh. it was just the cer you know, like a- Oh, they had a loop? It was a loop. So we got to run down that finish line four times, so. <sighs> And it is amazing because you know you, you have all these tall buildings, and people were just lining how they lined the streets. Mm-hmm. and every single time you ran past it and down that street, the noise was deafening because they were cheering for everyone, and of course, with the high um, buildings, it was it was an amazing yeah. amazing moment.
0: Yeah, I just think um, I just think that. That city is always ready for that marathon and ready to support all the runners. So, having the uh, Olympic trials there, mm-hmm. like the same week, it, it was a week or the it same week? It was the weekend? day before. Oh my gosh. So, they were so just, the energy was probably through the roof.
1: It was amazing. I mean,
0: that's mm-hmm. <laughs> that's awesome.
1: And I had, again, I had some friends on the course who were cheering for me, even though they were going to be running their own marathon mm-hmm. the next day.
0: Yeah. That's that's awesome. Um, So, after that experience, well, let's talk about how how you're treated at the Olympic Trials. I know that at this most recent one, Nike decided to just like give every participant a a pair of their new breakthrough shoes or whatever. Is that something that was normal? Is that something that's normal where you get uh, where you they treat you?
1: Oh, definitely. Um, so the year I ran it, Nike gave a singlet, they gave shorts, they gave shoes, um, the whole, every, everything for everyone. Yeah. Um, and then of course you get all kinds of free, like Olympic trials stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, you can buy all that kind of stuff as well. So I still have, um, Two t-shirts that I've never worn. Mm -hmm. One's white, one's blue um, that say Olympic Trials 2008, and I will keep them forever.
0: What was it like that first time to race against and be one of the fastest marathon runners in the country?
1: So running that race is kind of really humbling. Yeah. Because you are out there with these amazing women out there running and, um, you know, they're finishing 20, 25 minutes before, you know, I finished. Mm -hmm. Um, so I still have a good three to four miles to go when, when they have finished. Mm -hmm. But what I remember is just how nice everyone was. Everyone was treated equally. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, Dina won that year, and she was just as kind as anyone else. So it was an amazing experience. You get treated well. Um, everyone was cheering. It didn't matter if you were the first place woman or the last place woman. Um, everyone's just really kind, and they're there to support you mm-hmm. no matter what. They really just want it to be a really um, an amazing event. Mm-hmm. What was kind of interesting, one of the biggest differences is. Um, women are a lot there's a lot more women that are fast now Mm -hmm. that year when I ran it um, they barely had a hundred women out there man so
0: awesome so this sport has has grown
1: it's really grown which is amazing yeah
0: Um, so there was four years Mm -hmm. between that trials and the next one Um, inside that four years what was that when you ran Disney
1: no, um, that came after
0: That did. So did you did you qualify you had to qualify again I had for to the qualify trail. again. Where yes. did you do that at?
1: I did that in uh, Chicago oh, in 2010. Really?
0: I've heard several people who've run a lot of majors say Chicago's amazing.
1: Chicago was a great race. Um, it was a great date because it was 10, 10, 10. Yeah so I, I remember that. Um, we had a great weather mm-hmm. out there. Um, and it was one of those races again where I walked away having one of the best experiences of my life.
0: Yeah. This time, probably qualifying for Olympic trials was on your mind, right? Did you feel pressure like at Chicago to try to qualify again or?
1: I think I always put a little bit of pressure on myself Mm -hmm. when it comes to running. Um, I feel. Sometimes feel that other people have expectations of me when it comes to running as well. So, I think I carry that, even though they don't do that to me. But I carry it as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I did go into that race feeling a little bit more pressure this time. Uh, I had a sponsor mm-hmm. um, at that time as well. So, yeah. I mean, there was the hope that this time I would qualify again.
0: Awesome, and in. So that your next trials would be 2012, mm-hmm. right? And what city was that in?
1: It was Houston.
0: Houston. Oh, that's a flat. That's a flat place, right? It is. So it was probably like a super fast marathon, or was is that how it played out?
1: So I had a different experience the next time I went. Okay. Um, so I mentioned I had a sponsor, mm-hmm. and my sponsor um, kind of called me after I qualified for the Olympic trials, and he um he was very kind but he said you're not going to win the olympic trials are you and i was like probably not Um, and he said what would it look like if instead of you competing at the trials that you competed at disney where you could win and um it hurt a little um of course i wanted to go to the trials and have an amazing experience there but I also knew that he was offering me a different opportunity, mm-hmm. so I took that one, and I ran. That was the first year I ran the Disney Marathon, which would have been January 2012. Okay. Um, which was seven days before the Olympic Trials.
0: Gotcha. So you didn't actually run the Olympic Trials in 2012.
1: I did run them. Okay. Um, I ran the first lap. All right. My legs were trashed. Hmm. Um, and I knew going in that me finishing might, it would be hard, Mm -hmm. um, but I still thought I might be able to pull it off. Yeah. Um, but again, Houston was another loop course, so I took the opportunity to not finish, um, because... My legs
0: were too tired. I mean, giving it a shot is, yeah. is something to be said about that. So you said, so let's, let's rewind a little bit. You said you went to Disney. I
1: did.
0: In 2017. In which,
1: 2012.
0: 2012. Seven and, days before
1: the trials.
0: <laughs> so you attempted, to, you attempted to do two, two different marathons mm-hmm. within seven days. Yes. Gotcha. Um, how was the 2012 Disney Marathon?
1: It was another amazing experience. I mean, he offered me the opportunity to go down there and win Disney. And um, so I flew down there, and um, that race starts really early at, like, 5.30 in the morning. So, again, it was a magical experience. There was one moment, and it was around mile Mm 7, and I'm running towards Cinderella's castle. Yeah. And I can see Cinderella and Prince Charming, and they're waving, and the sisters are there and they're cackling. And I start running through her castle, and it hits me that I'm leading and winning the Disney Marathon. Yeah. And I start crying while I'm running, <sighs> and then I'm like wiping off the tears and just like focusing on the fact that I. I'm in Cinderella's castle. I'm running, I'm winning the race and just trying to enjoy it.
0: Awesome, and you ended up winning. I did win. Man, uh, what happens when you win a Disney marathon? (laughs) Because like...
1: It's a party. It's a party. Um, There are streamers everywhere. You have Mickey Mouse, you have Minnie Mouse, you have Donald Duck, you have um, the announcers and they're screaming for you. Um, I think they had even announced that I was on my way, so they were like ready because you you have to do some winding. They can't they don't see you coming for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was really pretty cool. I mean, uh, yeah. again, it was another amazing experience.
0: Is is that the picture that we posted? Yes. Oh, man, it looks amazing just from just just the picture. Mm-hmm. So what happens after you cross the finish line there and all the streamers stop? Do they? Um,
1: they uh, immediately come and interview you. Okay. Um, so, there's that. There's a ceremony um, as well with um, Goofy and Mickey Mouse and all of them. Um, they really make it fun. Yeah. It's it's maybe a little cheesy, but it's fun. Um, you go they, there for that. Y- you do. You go there for that. <laughs> you you want Mickey Mouse. You want to take pictures with Mickey Mouse. Yeah. You have these the Mickey Mouse ears on. They plop those on your head. Um it's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun.
0: Yeah, you ran Disney again, right? And you I had did. you had a second victory there. I did. Right. Yes. And just, these are all marathon distances.
1: Yes. Man,
0: is marathon is marathon in your bread and butter?
1: I enjoy the marathon. It's a really, I enjoy the how far or like how much I can push myself. Mm-hmm. How much can I take? How much can I stand? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very comfortable there. Um, I get into the rhythm, and it just the miles just click away.
0: Um, when you get to mile twenty, I've I've only run two marathons, okay. and it did not go good Aww. either one. But just like you, kind of, you know, when you you, you gave the Houston trials a shot, mm-hmm. I gave one city a shot, basically not thinking that I could finish. But um, Rob Hunter kind of said, Rob Hunter kind of said, you can. So I was like, I'm going to give it my shot. I'm going to give it a shot. And I did it. Wonderful. And I I did, I did have success for my goals by the skin of my teeth. Because my goal was to beat Oprah. Mm -hmm. And I beat her.
1: Congratulations. By
0: 21 seconds.
1: Good for you. It doesn't matter. You did
0: it. Hey, I'm all about giving something a try. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was willing to... I, was, I, was, I held it uh, loosely and I was willing to go give it a shot. And if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. And I was just going to, you know, go give it my best. But are you, did you reach the point where you didn't suffer after mile 20? I, I'm just wondering that about somebody who's elite. Like, are there people who can run a marathon without having the worst time after mile 20? Like, that's my question to you.
1: So the races that were really clicking for me, um, I was uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it was never painful. It you're working, your body's working, but it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. There's beauty in being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and there's beauty in being okay, being in that space. Yeah. It really comes down to you being okay with being uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and just loving it Mm
0: -hmm. so it's kind of like it's kind of perspective that you have to gain Mm -hmm. yeah
1: I I don't when I'm running and when I'm racing I don't try to go somewhere else and pretend I'm not doing I'm not running I focus on running Mm -hmm. the sound of my feet hitting the ground the swing of my arms, the sound of my breath. Mm-hmm. Um, I go inward when I'm running, and I focus on what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Man, that...
1: But I've had races, you know, that weren't great as well, and that's okay. There's there, the, the marathon is a beautiful distance.
0: Yeah. Is it your favorite?
1: I think 10 miles is my favorite. Really? But... I love the marathon. Yeah, it, it's where I really find my comfort zone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think um, in oh, in running culture, uh, they call that a lot of times the pain cave. Like getting in the pain cave and getting comfortable in there. That's what I think. That's a, a popular term in ultra running circles. What similar to what you're saying, where yeah. it's uh, getting comfortable, being uncomfortable. Yep. So, um, you faced injury. That was pretty serious, right? Yes. What happened? What was the story with the injury?
1: Um, so, running was going great. Things were just clicking along, and I think I was in a place where I could, I never imagined not running. Um, you know, everything, all my little aches had always been fixed pretty easily, Mm -hmm. and, um, I did a race in Lynchburg in September of, I think it was 2016, and, um, you know, things just weren't right, and, and I knew it because I couldn't, you know, I was racing at the end, and I, I couldn't go that extra little bit that I needed to to beat someone, and mm-hmm. I just kind of shook it off, and then I was uh, running, and I was having this, pain in the front of my hip, and I, it was actually, it would have been like October 2nd of that year, so it was my birthday, I just said, I'm done running, I can't, I can't do this anymore, Um, I can't take the discomfort, the pain, so we decided um, that I would take two weeks off from running, and no big deal, I mean, at that moment, deciding to stop running was In that moment the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't imagine not running and having that not be something I did every day but I thought I'd be back in two weeks. So um, I took some time off and uh, started running and the pain did not go away and then I went and saw my doctor Mm -hmm. uh, and he ordered an MRI and he was like oh you're fine there's no labral tear you're fine. And then I went and saw another doctor and he was like, oh, he ordered the wrong MRI. You, no, you you need this other MRI, and I didn't want to accept it, so I didn't. And I just kept going to him and have him doing like physical therapy and manipulations. It wasn't working. Um, I saw another doctor, and he's like, no, you need that. You need a special MRI that does contrast. So I I went and. Um, I got that MRI, and I found out that I had a labral tear in my right hip. So that was pretty devastating mm-hmm. news. Um, I decided to go see a doctor up in Washington, D.C. It, it is the only procedure he does, is labral tear repairs. Mm-hmm. And um, went to see him, and um, he said to me, I can't ever... I can't promise that you'll ever run 100 miles a week again, Mm -hmm. but I I can promise you that the pain's going to get worse. So at this time, we're probably in January of 2017. I haven't ran in six months. Couldn't run if I wanted to, more than two or three miles. I'm taking a cycling at that point. Yeah. And um, I remember we were driving up to my surgery. Uh, up to DC and I was telling um, Andy my husband I know I have a labral tear in my left hip as well and Mm -hmm. um, I told the doctor I said I know it and he was like we can't focus on that one let's do one hip at a time Mm -hmm. so I did my right hip and that is six weeks on crutches non weight-bearing on the right leg Um, physical therapy um, it was pretty intense pretty uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I kept perseverating on that left hip, and, uh, I got an MRI of the left hip, and I had a labral tear there Mm -hmm. as well, so at this point, I haven't ran in a very long time, and I'm not even off my crutches yet for my right hip, um, and at 12 weeks, um, post-op for my right hip, we did my left hip, and, um, I was on crutches then for another like three or four weeks. He didn't want me on crutches too long because he um, didn't want me to hurt my other hip that we had just repaired. So um, a year later, I had had both hips done mm-hmm. um, with labral, uh, labral repairs on both hips.
0: Gotcha, so, so where are you at now in your running? Because it's just a couple, couple years later. What, what are you doing now?
1: Well, I think I take um, every day mm-hmm. as a new day. Yeah. Um, I have had a lot of physical therapy because, um, you know, we put a lot of um, we put a lot of stress on our bodies, mm-hmm. and all of the muscles and everything. You know, they really need to be working well in order to do what I'm asking my body to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Prior to my surgeries, I ran 100 miles a week. Yeah. Um, I want to get back there or, um, you know, close. Around it, yeah. um, Close to that. Um, But I would say running is going well. Yeah. Running is going. um, I've had, I'm having some uh, really good success.
0: Yeah. I saw you have success. You mentioned (laughs) it before we started recording. Yes. At the Oozle Finch 5-Miler. I saw her bounce across the finish line. It was crazy. So... um, some news was announced and uh, on on Rob Hunter's podcast and I, I didn't really tell you I was going to ask you about this but I'm curious uh, you're you're becoming a, a coach I am um, how are you looking forward to it are you when are you going to start
1: I'm really excited um, Rob has been one of my best friends since like two thousand and twelve yeah um, and um, he's my coach now. He's mm-hmm. coaching me, and he um, he probably when it comes to running and the way my brain works, he probably knows me better than anyone. Yeah. Him and I have had a lot of miles together, um, so he knows me best when it comes to running. Um, so I'm when he asked me to be one of his coaches. Um, I was really honored, yeah, and i I didn't know if I wanted to be a coach because I wanted to make sure I did him proud. Yeah. Um, I wasn't going to just say yes and and not give my best, mm-hmm. so it took me some time like I thought about it, and um, then I decided that. I wanted to step up to that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Rob is going to expect a lot of me, and I, I wanted to to do that. I wanted to meet his expectation and and be the best coach that I could be for him.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds like it sounds like with your credentials, you'll probably be sought after. So you better brace yourself. I'm I'm guessing you need to brace yourself just just for the you know the people trying to get get your knowledge, because it sounds like your experiences are incredible and deep and meaningful. And uh,
1: I do really good one-on-one.
0: <laughs> do you? N- let me ask you this. Do you have any um, big big goals now? Like, I know you just talked about trying to maybe get back around to 100 a, a miles, but are there any races that you're hoping to, to run or anything in the future, what are you looking for?
1: I definitely have my goals um, and the expectations of myself. Like, yeah. I definitely have things I want to do. Yeah. Um, I tend to like to keep them private. I understand.
0: <laughs> I understand. Um, well, I think I've. I think you've got big things coming for you. I think you'll be able to reach a lot of these goals. And, yeah. you know, it's it's about to become much different for you because you're going to help a lot of people reach their goals too. So that'll be really cool. So
1: I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Awesome. It's a lot of good stuff.
0: down with Renee was legitimately the first time we'd ever met each other in real life. What really struck me about her was her sweet spirit, which I think comes across really well in our conversations. Next week, Renee will talk to us about nutrition, the role it plays in her life, and how nutrition plays a part in the life of the runner. Until then, this is Danny, signing off. Godspeed.